Do 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 Kate Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone about Louie. We need to talk to someone about Louie. Mary Bolling, welcome back to the Bluey podcast, Gotta Be Done. And today we're talking about Granddad. How exciting. Are you ready to cry? Because (laughs) I I was not prepared for the emotional places that this episode would take me personally. But um, yeah, I mean, everything from the landscape to new characters to... um, High calamity, and then uh, the beautiful nostalgia at the end. Oh my god, it was just—it was a journey. Like this episode was a bit of a surprise package in the first place. Like ABC hadn't done a huge amount, I felt, to let us know that um, Granddad was going to be airing um, a day before the new episodes officially landed. So Mary, tell it, it like it of, is. We were a little bit annoyed because we got the previews, right? With Seesaw was number one. And we're like, Seesaw is number one. We are ready to go. And then they just uh, upended that. Well, look, I'm not complaining. Like Bluey a day early is a good thing. But whereas, yeah, last week our Seesaw episode, you know, calmly discussed how the Bluey verse was nice and calm and easing us back in from the emotional highs of sleepy time. Uh, yeah, the emotional highs are back, folks. Like, <laughs> there, is, there is no doubt. It was tissues o'clock, you know, in the morning at our house. I, I just, and every single person I spoke to, I, I mean, uh, we were at the kindy drop-off on Monday afternoon and everyone was talking about how they were openly weeping about Bluey the day before. No one knows this scrub better than me! Oh, that's true. This is where she grew up. I don't know if it's like a combination of lockdown in Melbourne coming to an end and we're all just that extra bit emotional anyway, but it really touched a nerve, I think, for so many people. Um, seeing Chili's beautiful relationship with their dad and that um, lovely message of, you know, that she still needed her dad around and, um, you know, we all need the people that we love. from the start Mary how nice was it to see that beautiful scene set at um, the start and it would be an image that you're very familiar with from your whole life really and mine as well but driving in the car with that sort of yellow paddocks and eucalypts sort of sporadically with the telephone poles um, whizzing by the side of the car. Uh, just every childhood road trip was um, flooding back we do have some intel from um Costa, one of the art designers, about some of the locations this uh, these scenes were inspired by as well. Um, he shared on socials that the artists had a good look at a few Queensland locations, um, Crossby and Carney Creek in the scenic rim um, in southeast Queensland, and then also Laidley in the Lockyer Valley. Um, so, yeah, not places I've been, but... Yeah, even though it's obviously quite quite Queensland, um, I think they've made it generic enough that it could be any Australian road trip. And yeah. um, 
And I, I mean, yeah, for me, definitely. like we went to Adelaide pretty much every vacation for the first 12 years of my life. And the scenery pretty much the whole way is those yellowy brown green paddocks with eucalypts and yeah, the telephone lines, straight line all the way to, yeah. um, <laughs> at least to the border. It yeah. is a defining part of the Australian landscape, the telephone lines. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love so many things about this episode. I particularly love um, all the little references to previous Bluey episodes. Like, I love that when Chili pulls up after sort of telling the girls that Grandad's had heartworm and that he needs to be resting, that uh, actually Grandad is pu- trying to solo pull out a stump. Granddad! Yeah, what are you doing? Oh, straight, quick, grandkids! You're meant to be resting! I mean, we had three people. <laughs> a one-man stump fest. A one-man stump fest is going on in the front yard and the girls are so on it too. It's like, oh, quick kids, and then um, sprinting away. Um, and then it, for me, it really went to escape where, you know, there's that, you know, cat and mouse sort of what mm. obstacles can we put in the way um, of uh, granddad running off with kids, you know, and saying, I'm not going to rest until you catch me. And surely very Liam Neeson intaken-esque. <laughs> I will find you. It was pretty good. Um, I know when we did Escape, Kate, we talked about the kind of classic pursuit movie and a lot of uh, movie overtones going on in Grandad as well. Oh, so Um, many, so many. The socials have been um, ahead of us on this. Some I was recognising and some were popping up that were very left field. I can't say I've ever seen Predator, uh, but apparently... I think Chili is playing the role of Predator in yeah, this so, episode. I mean, all right, so I watched this episode with uh, Mr. McMahon. Uh, there's a scene, I guess, when um, the kids are running into the bush, um, into the creek with Grandad, and the Grandad smears mud on his face. It's like, here's a trick I learned in the jungle. She can't find what she can't see. <laughs> and that was a reference to Predator, like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is swimming through this big lake and then um, he ends up getting covered in mud. The alien appears, but then, like, his thermal body scan can't see through the mud. Nothing is said in this scene except Arnie at the end because he escapes the alien and he's like, he can't see me. Predator and alien. Yeah, I think so. It's sort of like a weird invisible alien that sort of materialises out of nowhere. Um a bit odd. Hold, okay. hold that I'm thought. Happy to take um, your word for that. Someone is very demanding um, at the moment. Oh no! I know. What happened to my dream baby? Huh? He does sound very awake for this time of the evening. He does, <laughs> and I'm not, not loving that. <laughs> So we were were talking about Predator, but I also got shades of Rambo with Chili like running through the jungle and the tin whistle. Yeah. I guess there's so many movies like that that are kind of, yeah, 
off the beaten track pursuits. Um, I think everyone saw Lord of the Rings wraith um, hiding scene where Grandad and the two kids were hiding under the trees. Oh, um, that was a direct tribute. Yep. Yeah. Grandad, I've got a plan. I didn't hear any of that. They're over here. I would like to Go take this moment to not thank my husband, Timothy McMahon, because uh, he was sharing all these comparison pics on the Bluey <laughs> fan page. I was like, this is gold. Save it for the podcast, please. Anyway. Uh, I think he may not have been alone. It's the first day that new Bluey landed on ABC. Ivy even like had a hissy fit and just stopped working for a few hours there. So um, it, it that's how much the people internet. are watching yeah. new episodes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that a lot of people are putting in a fair bit of time to uh, see what we're seeing and do their own analysis as well. So feel yeah. free to share. Um, <laughs> well, there, but... was, there was actually a second Lord of the Rings reference, Mary, and that is when um, Chili is chasing um, Grandad and the girls uh, across the jetty at one point um, later, which we'll talk about um, Maynard, what an amazing character. Um, but that's very Lord of the Rings too, when the hobbits are escaping from the wraiths, um, across the river on the ferry and, mm-hmm. um, to get to the town of Bree and that scene sort of of them floating away. away! <laughs> also, I wonder about the plot point of Grandad and his canoes. Bingo is talking about the canoe while they're still in the car, like, Chili's dad is obviously just so synonymous with uh, a canoe. Um, <laughs> and it made me think of um, Pepper and Grandad Pig as well. Oh, because um, he's got his boat, doesn't he, and, Grandad and Pig? I did start to wonder, like, because my own, like my pa, um, who's passed away now, I sort of had my first boating experiences with him. He was a really keen fisher and shooter and we'd go out in the canoe. And it made me wonder, well, is this actually just a universal experience? Does everyone's granddad have a canoe? Um, uh, so I'm, can you back me up? Do you drink if it's true or if it's untrue? Look, like, never moment, have I, I ever drink regardless. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> uh, no, my grand, my granddad had a motorcycle, but he didn't have. Um, I didn't have any aquatic experiences with my grandfather. They were all very much land based. Um, but I like the idea of you know, like, it's, no, I don't know anyone um, really that like does stuff like fishing and that anymore. Do you think you could fish if you if you needed to, being taught by no. your grandfather? Like I'd probably have to get my phone out and watch a YouTube tutorial like (laughs) as I was trying to do it. So, yeah, I don't think I'm granddad material on that front. Um, My own dad has actually in the past little while started listening to the podcast, Kate. So, uh, hi, Jeff and or Chooks Pa to Bon and Cat. He started watching because he watched Hard Quiz and then was like, oh, this actually sounds interesting. And I'm like, well, I have been telling you about it for a while, Dad, but um, thank you for the support. But, yeah, he messaged me after watching this episode and offered to come on the podcast as a granddad to give his experience. Oh, bless Um, him. Thanks, Jeff. I did say, well, perhaps just get the house on the lake with a canoe first and then we'll talk. And he came (laughs) back to me to say, Mary, Bluey is about relationships, not possessions. So, oh my um, god, <laughs> being schooled. 
Well done, Jeff. Um, but yeah, for Bon and Cass, we don't have a granddad um, who owns a boat in the family. So I don't know if that's something that could come later. I wouldn't want to try them with fishing rods at the moment anyway. So. <laughs> They're a bit stabby, like, you know, eyes and things. It's, it's Yeah, it's not ideal putting long pointy things in the hands of four-year-olds. Really, yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure fishing and canoeing could be a metaphor for the many, many life skills that, you know, you can pick up from your granddad. And in the case of Chili's dad, he's obviously knows what grandkids are into. Granddad, why did you bury a backpack? In case you need some food. Hooray! Yeah, he's obviously on the same plane as Bluey and Bingo, and it's great. That kind of reminded me a little bit of that meme that's been getting around Melbourne lately. Um, It's basically been like, you know, what I'm going to be doing with the kids when lockdown ends and someone pulling up to a curb, throwing their kids out of the car and just driving off at full (laughs) speed. Did have slight overtones of that, like me outside grandma and granddad's house day one after lockdown, boom, off. Um, except in this case, obviously, Chili is there and really trying to get her dad to rest. Um, following up from Seesaw, actually, it, it's interesting that they decided to reverse the order of this um, played on ABC because in Seesaw, um, remember, Mary, I think we were saying there was that slight conversation that you partially overhear saying about Grandad's heart and now, mm. we, now we know that it was actually the heartworm that, Chili was talking about. Yeah. And yeah, that's very much the reason she's come to visit. And I think that's a pretty common experience as well. The concerned child about the ailing elderly relative and expecting to turn up and find them in bed and kind of spoon in the soup. And um, it's not not something that they're going to put up with. <laughs> <laughs> you get it right now. You have to catch me first. There's so much to unpack. I mean, oh, there that, is. that um, central message very early on when Bluey is in the car yeah. and refusing to eat her pumpkin seeds, you know, shouldn't it be up to me? Where did that take you? I thought that was just played so nicely as a plot point that they could keep coming back to that no one in this episode is really prepared to, like everyone wants control, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Make sure you eat your pumpkin seeds, Bluey. I want you to grow up big and strong. Oh, I don't want to grow up big and strong. Too bad. Really very much wants to control what her dad's up to for his own benefit in her mind and try and, um, you know, keep him safe, as she says. Mm. Um, And he wants that control that we all want, not to be (laughs) told that this is how it has to be. Mm. So really... I put this episode up there with, you know, with the sleepy times and flat packs for universal message that kind of it's what we all fight for. And mm. I think especially these past few months, you know, you've really seen that play out. The people who haven't wanted to be told what to do and haven't wanted to fall into line and are pushing for that, well, shouldn't it be my decision? Um but the realisation that Bluey, Chili and Grandad all come to is that actually it's not just them who they've got to consider when they make these decisions. And we finally get our, you know, from frenetic chase and chaos, we finally get our calm and our happiness at the end to concede to the other person and to 
to live in a community, I suppose. So, mm. And it's that collective yeah. responsibility that they're acknowledging really, isn't it? You know, yeah. you have to be big and strong so you can take care of other people. You also have to take care of yourself so that you can be big and strong for other people. Um, it's really lovely. And even that, um, you know, if it was up to you, would you do it? No. Well, then it shouldn't be up to you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've always thought of myself as like, a benevolent dictator as a parent so that message really appealed to me I guess that you know I can always pull that out of my sleeve shouldn't it be up to me if it was up to you would you eat them no then no it shouldn't be up to you oh a friend once told me that any conflict is a clash in values and that's always sort of stuck with me as well, trying to understand points of conflict. So, mm. yeah, that real interplay between the independence and the responsibility, um, you know, autonomy versus community, it, it's mm. really interesting. And yet again, the audaciousness of trying to cram a very complex <laughs> message in a very simple way into a seven-minute cartoon. I'm just mm. always very impressed with uh, the team. They do a magnificent job. It's so well done and so subtle. But, yeah, I guess the payoff moment, like even for all the potential conflict and the actual conflict we see in this episode, when just a dad and his daughter are sitting on the end of the pier and able to have that moment of just complete happiness and comfort with each other as the little pups play in the water you're like well obviously they've come to a good place there and Mm. wouldn't it be nice if we could all come to that I actually um thought that that was a really generous moment for Chile because Let's face it, if she she's just been absolutely breaking herself, running, <laughs> swimming, uh, scuttling down the creek beds to try and catch up with her dad and the girls, it would have been so easy for anyone who's been through that amount of um, uh, obstacles to <laughs> turn around and go, what are you doing? Why did you make me do that? And, you know, really have a pop at them and get out some of that fear and frustration in that sort of heat of the moment. But when she rounds the river and in the clearing you can see the jetty with her dad finally having his rest, that look of love, that soft light that sort of hits her face and I just love how the little bottoms of the eyelids sort of turn up to show like that deep heart joy that she's sort of seeing remembering her own childhood but then also seeing her girls with her dad that's a really special thing that i've really missed in lockdown you know the love that you have for your mum and dad almost seems to be amplified when you see how much they love your kids um, or it takes it to a new level. Um, I know I've really missed that from both my parents-in-law and my parents. Um, Feels like a long time's gone past without getting to have those moments of joy. So, yeah, I thought that was very generous of Chili that she was able to sort of put whatever fears and frustrations aside and just uh, be able to re-enter that moment um, in a calm and um, caring way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it it does come from her dad also seeing her for who she is. He mm. gets that jerk of the eye, I suppose, um, hiding out with the kids in the cupboard at Maynard's house when he hears Chili say that she um, still needs him and that she still needs him. And then from there, where they head to is where he knows is Chili's favourite place. Will Mum find us here? Yeah, she'll be here soon, I reckon. This was her favourite place when she was young. So Mm. I think that's very deliberate by him. He is a smart dog and he wants to get Chili back to a place where she's comfortable and, yeah, acknowledge that he's heard her concerns and he Mm. wants to do the best by her as well, which... Yeah, there's a lot of generosity going both ways. It's beautiful. Mm. Even the fact that we do get that amazing flashback of Chili as a little pup, I feel like that is a real, like, he understands she needs him just as much now as when she was that little pup, you know. I mean, children are um, so reliant on you and um, it's, challenging to kind of almost imagine a time where they're going to be independent um and through the teenage years you know a lot of kids do push those boundaries and and uh, ways of being independent (laughs) um so by the time they're in their 20s it's almost probably easy to think oh the kids don't really need me that much but um you do need your parents when you've got particularly when you've got kids I feel um and it's really challenging if you don't have those supports available to you. If anything, you kind of need them more. Um, yeah. And it's almost like uh, him remembering little Chili was an acknowledgement of that sentiment. So I, I I was weeping. I don't know about you. I mean. <laughs> oh, I'm still <laughs> weeping, let's be honest. Um, when we spoke to Melanie Zanetti um, last week, she told us she didn't know who was going to be voicing Granddad, but um, she just it had to be someone with that beautiful uh, grandfatherly kindness. Baritone, um, yeah. <laughs> wow. They found their man. Uh, I think it's time I had a rest. Why don't you kids have a swim? Not Russell Crowe, as I may have uh, incorrectly hinted at. You know, (laughs) a girl can dream. Um, Who is Laurie Newman? Do we know who he is? Look, I think he is just yet another uh, handy friend of the Ludo family. Um, He certainly doesn't have a record on the IMDb's and that kind of um, thing, Uh, but what he does have is the same last name as another character who pops up in one of the other new episodes, um, which is Judy Newman, whose name is attributed to one of the grey nomad dogs in Mm. Road Trip, which I'm really excited to talk about in a few weeks. Um, Judy Newman and Bob Brum are the voices for those two grey nomad dogs. Mm. Um, I don't know if they're being typecast there, but um, I think we haven't gone to Hollywood here, but Ludo has just still found the perfect voice for this granddad, and I really hope he comes back as well. I do too. I mean, it's the voice is the perfect blend of Bush Bogan and granddad and, um, you know, classic, almost like 
uh, Hogan-esque sort of larrikin sort yeah. of streak, but then able to transform into that really caring sort of, oh, yeah, she'll be along in a bit, you know, yeah. lilt. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a great choice. Perhaps that was how that, we just need someone who knows how to canoe. <laughs> <laughs> canoe. Oh, my gosh. Have, have your kids just been saying canoe over and over since this episode aired? Oh. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, we really need this uh this granddad with the canoe to come to the fore because um, their talents are going to be wasted, all this practising saying canoe. Canoe. It's so satisfying. It's quite mellifluous. Like, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah! Mary, let's talk about Maynard because I really like the introduction of Maynard um, to the Blueyverse. Oh, why don't you just do what you're told? Oh, don't you start. Just hide us. Okay, come on, quickly. Come in the back. Every grandpa surely has a Maynard in their life. You know, it's the random <laughs> friend yep. who sort of hangs around and they're, you know, it, it's basically the grandpa dog to the grandpa pig character really, isn't yes. it? It's like oh, the yeah. mate that they go fishing with and golfing with and, uh, you know. <laughs> and, and, yeah, just ready to kind of, you know, dress down at any moment. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's always a bit of a love-hate relationship. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, one job, Maynard. One job. Let's dissect Maynard. So the kids and Granddad run in after Granddad sort of says, "Oh, maybe I lent the canoe to Maynard." Turn up to his house, and he's like, "Quick, you've got to hide us." And Maynard's like, "Is it the aliens? (laughs) The aliens?" Um, now, for our international listeners, uh, we should probably explain that aliens in Australia are a bit of a thing. Um, like the Northern Territory News, which, you know, is um, around Darwin uh, predominantly, uh, so the, the next state over from Queensland, they basically have kept their newspaper alive by running alien after alien after crocodile after alien stories for years. Um, and there have been plenty of inexplicable sightings apparently um, at the top end of Australia. I mean, you would know more about this, Mayor, because you were living up that way. But um, Yeah, I, I don't know if you can lump Queensland and Darwin kind of into the same um, thing. They have kind of a lot of similarities. I haven't seen a good uh, alien theory out of that part of the world lately, but I'm, they must exist, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, when I was working at um, the newspaper down in Victoria, we used to always get the headlines from our sister publications in other states and the Northern Territory News editor would always be, there'd always in the first five pages be a croc story and mm-hmm. or an alien story, and it was a better edition if you had both. So, um yeah, I found that quite interesting. <laughs> and they were like, firstly, Maynard's like, is it the aliens? Because, you know, while it was a, always a bit of a running joke for us Melbourneites, you know, there are plenty yeah, of people who take this very seriously. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was an interesting cultural nod. Um, and then Maynard, I'm guessing he's like a, a terrier, maybe a schnauzer yeah. or something like that. But he's voiced by um, a very well-known Aboriginal Queenslander um, comedian who is renowned for um, play school, 
what else is Sean known for? Um, yeah, I think I, I know him best from Play School, but that's just because uh, Play School is pretty much everything <laughs> I watch lately. Um, and, and yeah, definitely black comedy, which has been um, a big Indigenous skit show on ABC the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, you can tell why he's a comedian, just the humour in his voice um, in this episode from just his few lines is just huge. I totally agree with you, Mary. Like, what a perfect choice. I would um, hereby like to inaugurate a new segment and um, oh, yeah. MVP of the episode, and I think he's my MVP. Oh, Jelly, fancy seeing you here. Can it, Maynard? Where are they? Um, where's who? You know who. Um... Did you get a haircut? Well, he's the Lucky's dad equivalent for yeah. granddad. So <laughs> how can he not be? It's great. He's, al- he's also the first, like, Indigenous character, I suppose, um, we've seen in Bluey. Um, and that's actually a good chance to mention a quick um, and early, we know that now, heard from um, one of our longtime listeners and correspondents, Brooke in Perth. Who, Love Brooke. Um, Hi, Brooke. Who got in touch after our sleepy time episode um, to say that um, one of her mates over there realised that in Noongar language from um, Indigenous WA that the w- word for son is also the word for mother. Oh. Um, so the word Nagank, both son and mother, which, yeah, is just, so, Sun um, like the sky. Sun. Well, yep. Yep. Yes. So. So. Wow. Um, so chili. To the chili is Nagank in every sense. She is the sun. She is the mum. She is. Yeah. Oh. Which. Um. Thank you for picking that up, Brooke, and sharing it. Because yeah, I just thought that was gorgeous, and yet another reason to tear up during sleepy time. Because so. <laughs> we all needed more reasons to get weepy over that one. <laughs> Um, let's talk, let's talk music, Mary, because I love the music in this episode. It is, um, an original composition. It is total bluegrass, bush feel, um, like rompy, stompy. Um, very uh, good. You've got harmonicas, you've got banjos, you've got steel string guitars, and the pace of the music just gets more and more frantic as this chase gets wilder and wilder. I also love the insertion of tin whistles, and that's, I guess, where the Rambo sort of moments where Chili's, you know, stalking them out through the scrub and, you know, yelling, no one knows this bush better than me, and that little, like, high pitch just for a second, woo-woo, um uh really came into oh. effect um and then at the end it mellows into this beautiful guitar just laced with a tiny bit of banjo i guess at the end um but that's when the real heart of the episode just comes right to the fore uh it really lets the action uh, be emphasized, I guess, through that music. And even mm. when Chili's explaining that she still needs a dad, you do get shadows of that final theme. So that's why when you hear the music at the end, it really does swell everything in your heart because you've already heard it. And that 
sentiment that Chili just really needs her dad. So you're already sort of primed um, with that emotional load ready to, you know, and then when you see that moment of them embracing, oh, yeah, it's um, that soaring crescendo. I remember when you used to take me swimming here. Yeah, me too. That was a long time ago. No, it was yesterday. I think I, yeah, I've got no words. Well done, basically, to everyone. And I think the first time that they've gone for, like, what you would probably call country music yeah. um, in a bluey score. But, yeah, what what better episode? Like, it's three chords in the truth. It's just gorgeous. Well, um, actually, Mary, this is probably a good time to talk about literal music scores because um, <laughs> uh, we know that now from uh, Seesaw, actually. So I had to work out what the hell that handle piece was um, it took me about three days, I'm ashamed to admit, of basically listening to concerto after concerto. At one point, I honestly felt like Geoff Bush had been like, what's the most obscure um, movement of, the, of a random oh, composer I can pick? It was like a Sudoku puzzle that I just couldn't solve. It was it was <laughs> gnawing at me and I Tim was sitting on the couch the other night going, just text Chop. And I was like, no, I must figure this out. <laughs> anyway, so that piece in Seesaw is um, Concerto a Due Cori. Um, it's um, 3335 Allegro, if you're a bluey mm-hmm. music nerd like myself. Um, I'm very proud that I worked that out. Um, but I feel like this might be a thing that we see because in Seesaw, um, the intervals, so the intervals are the space between notes. In in music, you've got 12 notes um, on a keyboard and basically after the, the first note and the 12th note are the same, just one's an octave higher. So in that music for Seesaw, um, they go do, 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 do. So that first interval, do, do, it's a perfect octave. So it's the biggest gap possible that you have um, on like interval wise, I guess, in music. So by having that huge interval, it is actually literally like a seesaw. You're going from high to low um, sound wise, the, the highest you can go and the lowest you can go. And listening to that again, very many times just to confirm it was the right piece. Uh, Cause every time I listen to a concerto and, and this is a, a thing that I, I love and also slightly annoys me about the Baroque period. But, you know, everything sounds a bit same, same, but different. (laughs) And Uh there's so many layers. I was like, God, did they just like, you know, isolate one track for this? And then, um, no, I did find the right one. It was okay. But, um, yeah, so many of those interval leaps, um, you know, really conjure up that image of the seesaw going from high to low to high to low over and over again and then they also use really interesting instrumentation so they use high instruments like piccolos and flutes um when the kids mm-hmm. are sort of having their storyline on the top of the seesaw and then they're using the lower instruments um like i think there's a um definitely double bass and cello but 
um, potentially even some of the lower woodwind instruments being used to depict when bandits sort of action is on the screen. So it's really setting up in your mind the high versus the low and then with that sort of seesawing interval as well. So literal music I think is is the trend that we're going to be seeing. Yeah, music that helps evoke whatever that image of the title is. And, yeah, and I guess in this episode it's country music because we're in the country. It, it kind of makes sense. Country music because we're in the country, that bluegrass, and then uh, we'll, we'll just rip your heart out right at the very end. So, um, yeah, and, like, the tin whistle <laughs> for, the, for the movie moments. You know, they're having fun with us and they're also um, emotionally playing us. So it's, it's a nice balance. I, th- I think they get it right. Yeah. <laughs> we've covered granddad i feel like we may never cover granddad fully there's so much going on um i have Um, another we know that now actually if we're moving on to that segment potentially um so in seesaw we were talking about the parents who were sitting on the picnic mat and our listeners have been very um keen and spotted something which we hadn't really picked up but um pom-pom's mum uh, and Chile having a conversation about season four coming up soon. And word on the street is that they are actually talking about stranger things. Um, because apparently in season three, and I don't watch straight, stranger things. Do you watch stranger yeah, things, Mary? That, this was all Greek to me, but, okay. um, but sounds pretty plausible. Yeah. Okay. So apparently there was a character that, um, spoiler alert, got killed off in season three and spoiler alert, looks like he's coming back in season four in Russia. So yeah. And that seems to be what they're talking about on the picnic mat. So I thought that was quite, yeah, yeah. bringing it into the and now, th- dude. So well, yeah. Okay. So, so the, the season that they're talking about still hasn't landed because of coronavirus as well. Is that the idea that oh, there's I have been no three idea about seasons that. of Stranger Things? Okay, well, yeah. this is what Wikipedia is telling me. <laughs> okay, let's go with Wikipedia. Um, but yeah, 2021 now that they're thinking that will come out. Hmm. We could go down whole rabbit holes on that, Mary. I don't think uh, either well, of us have I, the energy. I'm going through in coming weeks because we have so many episodes to recap that we've already seen. Um, I think movies and also library are going to be big ones for us going down oh, yeah. rabbit holes now that we know the existence of Chunky Chimp um, as well as the Cat Squad as well <laughs> as the B-movie in the Blueyverse. Um, there's so much we're going to be uh, deep diving here and I just I just can't wait. Yeah. Well, Baby Joe, I don't know if you can hear him. He can't wait either. He's actually talking in his sleep right now. So. <laughs> He's just sitting there going, he's excited, I'm excited, we're all excited. Mary, as always, it's been such a pleasure dissecting Bluey with you. I've really missed our conversations, I have to say. I I loved having our little break, but um, wasn't the same without your love. So it's nice to be back in the wagon. 
Um, Likewise. If you would like to uh, join us in the wagon, um, please do. We would love to um, hear from you. Um, You can find us on Instagram. We are at BlueyPod. You can find us on Twitter. We are at BlueyPodcast. You can find us on Facebook. We are at BlueyPod or look up Gotta Be Done, the Bluey Podcast. Find us, rate us, review us on any of your streaming platforms, and you can email us at bluepod at gmail.com. Keep them coming. We love hearing from you. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, it's got to be done. done. Bye. (laughs) My thumbs play up a bit these days. Is that why mum wants you to rest? So your thumbs get better? Yeah, probably.